This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. Today we'll be talking with the Fire Department of New York Deputy Assistant Chief Frank Lee. Frank currently serves as the Chief of the Fire Company, otherwise known as The Rock, and he is Chair of the Department's Contamination Reduction Work Group. Chief Lee has been a member of the FDNY since 1992 and has been a volunteer with the East Farmingdale Fire Department on Long Island since 1983. Chief, welcome to the Side Alpha Podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite and the ability to talk about uh, several important topics. Uh, outstanding. And uh, so our listeners understand we had the discussion up front and Frank would prefer to be called Frank. So uh, it's no sign of disrespect as I refer to him as Frank. Uh, so, Frank, <laughs> earlier this year, you wrote a great piece for Fire Rescue One's uh, special coverage series called um, uh, Dirty Helmet Syndrome. The series delves into uh, issues of fire ground safety and health, why firefighters uh, you know, continue to take unsafe actions when they know it puts their lives at risk. Um, your article will be, uh, we'll put a link to your article up in our show notes. We know that the answer Uh, to that question, you know, why do they continue to do this? We know that the answer to that question for many is the deep-rooted bravado of the fire service culture, that tough guy look that um, makes them not don their SCBA or follow proper decon. Your article took a fairly unique approach, uh, focusing on how we market the message to firefighters. Could you help our readers, I'm sorry, could you help our listeners um, and maybe summarize a little bit of your article for us, hitting on what you mean by marketing the message. Sure. And hopefully the listeners become readers and they, and they click on the link. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Risk, listeners and readers. Hopefully they're, uh, you know, an ever expanding group of folks. So I appreciate yes. you Absolutely. helping us understand it. Yeah. So there's there's so many pieces to the puzzle. Right. It's a very big elephant. Um, and how do you eat an elephant? One yeah. one bite at a time. And. Marketing the message and making sure that that that, that optically we have it right and we're we're, we're showing the message in a in a proper way um, is a critically important uh, piece to the to the to the puzzle here. Um, in the FDNY, we have a, a member, um, John Hasney, who wrote his thesis uh, at the Naval Postgraduate School Center for Homeland Defense and Security uh, on um, on the topic of cancer and why do we you know we know we have the best practices. The research supports what we're what what's going on, but what are the barriers to implementation, right? It's um, and you know culture is one of them, um, funding is another, lack of urgency. There's a lot of there's a lot of good um, uh, data that he was able to uncover, but nothing trumps education. So mm-hmm. an, an educated firefighter is is really our best resource, right? And um, and if we tell him sound practices have sound reasoning. And if we educate that firefighter on that, they're more likely to do um, a lot of different things that we that we tell them to do, particularly when it comes to saving their lives and and saving the lives of their family members. Right. Um, And the marketing of the message is is how do we do that? Right. So it's making sure that um, in anything that we're using, that we show what right looks like. We shouldn't be using an advertisement or a picture of a firefighter that has uh, dirty gear 
when, when we want them to have clean gear. Uh, our instructors that are teaching our newest members should have clean gear because the bottom line is when, when you look at, um, you know, in the fire service, I think, you know, have you have you ever looked at someone and said, wow, that guy's salty. He must be a good firefighter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. So but who's who's vulnerable to that? Well, the newest firefighters who don't know any better, if they're indoctrinated into the service with firefighters that look salty, right, then they start to equate that with the firefighter being, you know, a, a, a dirty firefighter is a salty firefighter, is an experienced firefighter. Well, then we've improperly marketed that message to our youngest and most vulnerable members um, because they're the only ones that are vulnerable to that. So we don't want to send a mis mixed message and teach them in the classroom that, you know, we're trying to prevent cancer. We want to wash our hoods. We want to uh, wash the inside line of our helmet. We want to, all these different things. We want to use wipes, shower after the fire. And then we show them, and then we show them firefighters that are dirty. Um, so that's, that's problematic. But that's not only what our probies, that's in the firehouse, that's in the what you know the training material that we send out. It should be in all of our publications. Uh, in a publication the FDNY put out, um, Reduce Your Risk publication, it intentionally has firefighters on the front cover that, ha uh, that are all clean, very similar to um, Healthy In, Healthy Out that the Washington State Fire Council put out several years ago as well. Uh, you know, it shows what right looks like. And for years, we've seen what what wrong looks like in, in a lot of these cases. So it's it's just aligning that that we're doing that and that we are immersing our firefighters uh, and fire officers to to what right looks like, whether it's on the wall, whether it's in on, in a magazine on a table or just a one page flyer or, or an email or at the fire academy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of what we can't directly uh, control, you know, we can influence in different ways, but. A lot of what we see outside of the fire department, per se, and uh, say in the, the television programs or the movies that are out there, they still sensationalize that dirty and unsafe look. Some some because you can't get you can't get good film or good ratings with, uh, you know, if everything's clean and, and uh, pure. So we have to influence the message at that chief's level. And I, I appreciate what you're doing there. So. How, you know, the optics, you mentioned that the optics are important. Um, we've got multiple generations of firefighters in our um, service right now. Some like you and I uh, who came in when uh, social media wasn't a thing. Hell, the Internet was just barely a thing. And we, uh, you know, had a very strict look at, at all of these things and, you know, the optics that we had were what our instructors showed us. Um, how do you deal with all the multiple generations of firefighters we have out there and what platforms beyond what you just mentioned, what, what platforms does FDNY use or are you using to be able to get that message across? Yeah, so that's that's a great question and a couple of really great points in there. And so I want to start on the comment with the, you know, the media and what they put out. Right. So all these different programs on firefighters that are out there, which are, which are great. And several of them have started to tackle the topic of even, you know, cancer in the fire service and, and stuff like that. But you're right. The public, the public is the other population, I guess, that views 
a salty, dirty looking firefighter as an experienced firefighter. So, um, you know, so the, the untrained, the public and the untrained, our newest members are the ones that we can trick into believing that. But yeah. we do have to make sure that we are um, marketing it to all of our generations. And we know that um, firefighters that are engaged in the job, um, they follow, they follow uh, the, you know, our firefighters follow FDNY on social media, whether it's um, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, uh, they're, fo they're following it. So, um, so by us putting messages on uh, in 2018, I think it was or 2019, we started a campaign on New Year's Day of, you know, make a New Year's resolution. And we, we put some of this stuff on the FDNY social media. We've put, we put it on other um, channels that, that members are following to kind of make it sure that we, that they're seeing it in different, in lots of different places um, because we, the idea is we want to make sure that it's being seen and the more it's seen, the more likely it is going to be to stick. So we've, we've instituted policies and procedures. We put them in the books, but then we got to put out the other stuff and we, we have tips from training that we put out. It'll be a one page document that we hope that uh, some of them get elevated to, um, you know, to wall status where they put it on the wall in a firehouse. I mean, wall space in the firehouse is a premium. So we yeah. When, when you make it onto the wall or the bulletin board, you you probably produced a pretty good product that resonated with somebody where they where they took the the action of putting it up, um, especially that a lot of our training stuff that we put out, you know, isn't mandatory that they that they post it like some stuff is mandatory by law. Um, so we take great pride when we produce content that arrives there. Um, but different messages, different ways we do it. Um, the and, and I had pitches in the in the article was the the stickers that we had for, for lockers, um, which, you know, our safety command, um, which used to when we started some of these projects, it, it was headed by um, Assistant Chief uh, Joe Jordan. It's now headed by uh, Deputy Assistant Chief Mike Myers. Um, they, they both have played an instrumental part in some of the stuff we're doing in the FDNY. And it was the safety command's idea to make those stickers. Um, and one of the sayings on it is, you know, clean is the new salty. And it's, you know, as corny as a, a saying that may sound, right, um, members see it every day, right? So that think about how Coke and Pepsi and, and other companies that, um, you know, that you just know about, right? They, they advertise everywhere. They're, um, they know how to market, market their message. So where, you know, when you go into a, a store, you don't say you want a caller, you say you want a Pepsi or a Coke. So to to be able to market, taking some of the strategies that they use and implementing them that we do, because the reality of it is we could have the best uh, the best plans and the best best practices or the best um, procedures in writing, but if we don't articulate that and educate it and make it where our members where it's ingrained in our members, they're simply not going to um, follow them um, the way the way we want to, right? And this is so critically important because um, we we need to do all we can to save the lives of our firefighters from uh, from the the dreaded disease of cancer. I mean, you can't have a couple of years in the fire service and not know multiple people um, that have cancer, and yep. that's that's what this is about, right? Is making sure that we market it in all these different mediums. Uh, you know, and even the magazines, right? So a magazine, a, a paper, whatever it is, you put it on a kitchen table, everybody reads it. Put it in the bathroom, everybody reads it. So um, 
magazines and these one-page things, they're not, they're not dead yet. Uh, everything's not online because people read them when they're sitting at the kitchen table in the firehouse. So they're still a critical, important component to, to marketing the message. Sure. Yeah, and in your article, I really like that piece about uh, the wall space at a premium. Uh, you know, I don't think we think about that very often. Sometimes we think about having all the pictures and uh, of all the fires. And, um, you know, I have seen stations that uh, will post training material for the day or the week or the month, uh, usually, frankly, in the in the restroom. But finding wall space in the hallways of the station uh, to be able to market this kind of message is, uh, is important. And that's an important way to you know, take people off their phone, which is where we tend to find them most of the time now, and, um, you know, put their eyes up and, and seeing what's important to the department being actually posted in uh, on the station walls. So uh, good stuff. And I appreciate you guys uh, taking the leadership with that. Um, yeah. And so, comment on that real quick. So, you, you know, um, you need to be on the phone as well, right? And and have and have our message in different places so the firefighter yep. can see it on there. Just like Coke and Pepsi's there and they're, and they're in the stadium and everywhere else. So yeah, so it's that multi um, multi uh, uh, disciplines that we're trying to hit at different ways to market the message. Yeah, yeah. And in that message, uh, do you find that um, the more successful messages? Uh, tend to focus on the firefighters' actions as they might result to bringing cancer home as opposed to themselves. You know, a lot of times they say, I'm not worried about myself. Do you find that uh, using the family or children as um, the the emotional ties, that make a difference in the marketing? Yes, that's a really good point. So it absolutely makes a difference. Um, Firefighters are, are concerned with saving other people's lives. Um, not not always necessarily their own, but when they have a family member who's uh, on the fire department or they're worried about bringing it home to their children, those messages resonate so much more with yeah. the firefighter. And, you know, so the the one real good example of that is the, the retrospective study done in Washington State is uh, a, a guy there. I forget his name. He did it. Um, as part of the National Firefighter um, Academy's um, Executive Leadership Program, Officer Program, he, he he did a study on that and showed that there was a 27.4 times increase in childhood cancer. Um, you know, one in 204 is is the number, and I would say a lot of firefighters know that number now, one in 204, because I put it in big letters uh, on on a one-page document and explained that where um, children that that are, that are not children of firefighters, it's one in 10,700, uh, uh, unfortunately, wind up with childhood cancer. But in that study, one in 204. And then we put some of the bullet points about the information, and we put a link to the study for those that want to see it, because we want firefighters to ask why. Um, and, and that is the probably the greatest change in this generation of firefighters, is that they they really want to know an in-depth reason of why we do what we do, and um, which is which is good. That plays into into a strength where we can uh, a firefighter that understands the why behind something can operate efficiently in the in the gray areas when the procedures and policies may not be defined. It's it's really where we earn our money 
is in is in those gray areas. So putting the explanation of some of it and realizing that and then telling them that, hey, these children are firefighters. Guess what? They're getting similar cancers that firefighters are getting. They're getting blood type cancers. And we've seen cancer clusters in, in other departments, such as Honolulu in Hawaii a couple of years ago. And, you know, where, they, where their families don't even live in the same neighborhood. The, the similarity is that the, the, um, the parents are firefighters. Mm. We certainly get a, a more of um, a robust response and interest um, in it. And kind of that's what we want, right? So because what we hope for is to organically get champions. We, we need champions of the cause for, for whatever it is that you're trying to do. But for us with Cancer in the Fire Service, we need people in firehouses, big and small. It doesn't matter whether you're in New York City or you're a, you're a one-station department somewhere. We need someone to be the champion in that department to bring the education to them. Take the, take the marketing material that's out there for firefighters and cancer. There's, there's so much. There's so many great organizations um, that are doing great stuff in this arena. Print them out. Put them up on a wall. Put it on the, put it on the table. You don't even have to create your own content. Um, but market the message, hang it up, decorate with a purpose in your firehouse so that we are educating our firefighters to what they need to do so they could live a long, healthy life. So they could be a dad, a granddad, a grandmother, all the different things that we want to do in life and not have our lives cut short because of, of a, something that is somewhat um, preventable. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the decorating and you've talked about a couple of these things the um, uh, stickers on the lockers and how uh, in the article you mentioned how uh, visitors at the academy uh, love the way that you quote unquote decorate uh, at, at the academy where where did that concept come from is that part of your work group that came up with that um, or is it just a conglomeration of all the different or an amalgamation of all the different things that you've come together as far as coming up with ideas for marketing to, you know, you're, you're twisting it into saying decorate, which makes people think in a different uh, light, right? And, you know, they're not thinking in terms of, oh my God, here I got to hear another message about cancer. They're thinking about it in terms of, you know what, this is the right thing to do and I'm going to put it up on my walls. Is yeah. that all part of what that work group came up with? Yeah. So it's very interesting because um, in, in the New York City Fire Department, um, the fire academy is very similar to the firehouse. There's very everything on the walls is there for for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, it all everything has a meaning. There's very few things up on the wall at the fire academy or in a firehouse that isn't because uh, um, it's a memorial to a firefighter or it's homage to the history or the, the brothers and sisters that worked there previously. Whatever it is, everything has a meaning. At the fire academy, a lot of the stuff that we put on the walls is very similar, directly related to training. But where I got the word decorate from was we have a lot of visitors to the fire academy. And my wife's cousin's wife was at the fire academy and and she used the word decorate. And she says, wow, you guys decorate with a purpose here. And yeah. so, you know, I, I, I don't have to come up with. I don't have to come up with the good lines. I just have to have people that that share the good lines with me. Absolutely. You know, um, you, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. And to me, that resonated because, um, like you mentioned, to me, the word decorate, it makes you think about things in a different context. And, and, and that's what I want. That's what I want people in the fire service to do. Think about the message, 
how do you want this message to receive be received by as many people as possible? The same way as if you were running a for-profit for, for business. It's, it's why some of these companies, we mentioned two of them earlier, why they're so successful in marketing their products. We need to think of it in the same way. And to me, decorate makes everybody think about, wow, that's that's a very different way of looking at what we're what we're doing. And it's yeah. an effective way to reach our firefighters. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it, also in the article, you mentioned uh, sunscreen and it, it, it just got me thinking about all the different things, the stickers, the decorating, the sunscreen, all of the different things that uh, it sounds like the work group came up with or, you know, just like you said, you've, you've put together. How much of that is being accepted passively versus, uh, you know, having to be ordered forward or, you know, are you you finding that you have to order things forward or are people beginning to adapt and accept passively? Um, so that that's a that's a really good question. Some things are being accepted uh, more readily. Um, yeah, so. Anything that you're going to ask your firefighters to do, it, it needs to be realistic. It has to be thought out. Um, and you, you you can't just do something um, that just isn't feasible. Right. And there's some things that just simply aren't feasible. And sure. so you have to you have to manage that and manage your expectations of what you can do based on uh, on your environment. Right. Can you. Um, you know, can you effectively put out companies out of service? Can you bag gear? What, you know, can you, you know, what are the different things that, that you can and, and can't do? So um, education is certainly the key. Um, I don't want to have to legislate that you should be washing your hands after you come back from a fire. I taught my kids that when they were one and a half. Uh -huh. uh, but there are, there are some things that, yeah, we, we have to, put them as policy and procedures and legislate that. And others that as we educate members, they're more likely to do that. Our members are required to use a gear bag um, when they transport their, um, when they transport their gear from one firehouse to another. Um, and, you know, and we tell them that they, they, uh, they shall not store their bunker gear in their, in their home or auto. Um, but guess what? I'm not at their home to see if they're doing that. So the educational component of that is critically important that we let them know that we don't want them to expose their families because their families are our families too. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we're taking care of not only our firefighters, but that we take care of our firefighters, uh, loved ones as well. Um, so education, it, again, it comes back to training and education and making sure our firefighters understand what we're doing and why we're doing, but we have a realistic approach to it, what we can do. So the worst thing somebody listening to this uh, podcast can do is they could go back to it. They could they could say, I'm going to be a champion. Well, that, that would be a good thing. And then they try and implement 15 things at once. They would fail miserably. You want to take what start where your department is and implement the things that you can do. It might just be simply making sure that you change into, you know, take a shower and, and change into clean station wear when you get back. It might mean that you put into effect um, mandatory annual physical exams. It may be that um, a, a hood washing program. And I said hood washing, not hood exchange, because we we tried to pilot a hood exchange program and it, and it failed miserably. As it turned out, firefighters like to have their own hood. And, you know, so we realize that that's not the messaging that we want to do. 
and we changed it to wash your hood instead. Um, and that has that has been better received than swapping out your hood at, at the fire scene. Yeah. It's, it's making sure that you you don't want to make mistakes like that because mistakes are, are very difficult to overcome. Um, and then because you got to make up that lost ground and kind of re-educate the members after you educated them one way. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned just a second ago that um, the worst thing uh, someone listening uh, could do is go back and try to do everything at once. It kind of leads me to the, the, a question for you about the uh, contamination reduction work groups. I mentioned in the beginning that you were the chair of the contamination reduction work group, which is a mouthful, by the way. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the work group does? And more specifically, could you uh, provide any tips for any of those smaller departments that might be looking to um, uh, implement something similar? Yeah. So that's a, a, yeah, another great another great point. So we formed the Contamination Reduction Workgroup in 2016, and we put all um, all different bureaus in the fire department um, in there, safety, operations, um, everybody. And we also, the unions, both the officers and the firefighters union, um, have, a, have a seat at the table as well. So we bring everybody together, a Bureau of Health Services, everybody has a, a stake in the game and is able to evaluate it. But we started with the, with the, with the simple premise is that the FDNY has a decades-long approach to contamination reduction. Um, we, have, we have articles in WMIF from, uh, from the 1970s, I think it's 1974, that talked about diesel, diesel exhaust and our ability to, um, to build separated areas for our gear and our new firehouses. So uh, the fact that we, we already had annual, um, mandatory annual medicals, we already had gear bags, we already had um, uh, certain certain things like that, a, a, a rack unit, a rehabilitation unit, some of these different things that were already two sets of gear, all these different things that we were already doing. So we said it's um, it is our generation's turn to evaluate where we're at and move us forward. So we called it, it was evolution, not revolution. Um, and and I think that for the the point for somebody who's looking to start a program in their firehouse or their fire department would be to evaluate where you're at and, and pick the pick the low hanging fruit. What are the easy things that I can do? I should easily be able to educate firefighters to clean the inside of their helmet because um, we get precancerous cells on our forehead. I should easily be able to tell them to, to clean the bottom of their boots um, because we're tracking the contaminants all around. The, all around. Um, I should easily be able to tell firefighters to um, to wash their hood after an exposure. These are the simple things. When we start talking about some of the other stuff and, and simply washing the top of your helmet is very different than washing the inside of your helmet, right? Especially for, for our culture, right? I think the, the helmet, the top of the helmet is the last, the last bastion of, of um, you know, I'm not ready for that battle yet, even in, in my department, but clean the inside of your helmet. Do all these little things that really, it's personal responsibility. Wear your mask longer. Wear your mask for for overhaul, right? Uh, and and not take it off. And certainly don't be the guy that's or girl that's that's telling the junior members that they should be taking off their mask. So it's really start where you are and where your culture allows you to start in your department. And I think that is, you know, uh, again, if you try and do everything, um, that's how you fail. And you know, you mentioned the, the sunscreen dispensers and and um, 
and some of our other partnerships that we've had. I think when it comes to, to that as well, evaluate who you have in, in within your town or community. And, and maybe you can partner with somebody. Maybe maybe you're not fortunate enough to be able to partner with a, a university or Arizona or um, or Miami or in New York City, the, the, some of the hospitals that we're able to partner with. But there's other people out there that, that are willing to partner with the fire service and find find organizations that have similar goals. Uh, we, we with the sunscreen, uh, we, we partnered with the Molly Begain Foundation and we were able to put sunscreen dispensers in our training in our training um, facilities, both at Fort Totten for our EMS Academy and at uh, at Randall's Island for the for the rock. And the the, the vehicle of the sunscreen dispenser, right? Sun, skin cancer and melanoma is one of the most common cancers for firefighters. So even if my firefighters don't use the sunscreen as much as I would like them to while they're at training, they see the message and we're marketing that message to them when they're at the fire academy. So when they go back or wherever they are, that they're thinking about it. Because simply put, firefighters have a greater incidence of skin cancer, but not only because they don't use sunscreen or they're outdoors all the time, but it's also because of our exposure. So if it makes them think when, when they come back from a fire that they realize about the skin cancer and we've educated them that simply getting the contaminants off of your skin is going to reduce your risk of skin cancer, that's an important message. And the marketing started with the vehicle of a sunscreen dispenser. Yeah. Yeah, something as simple as that. You know, on that last piece, one of the things I wanted to repeat, it really is important. And this is important for any program you're trying to start. Uh, but when you're talking about something as sensitive and as critical as this, starting where the culture in your department allows you to start for those smaller departments, that's so critical. Uh, such a critical thing to say. Uh, I'm saying that positively. Uh, such a critical thing for them to understand is that, uh, you know, you may not be able to start where FDNY started or uh, where my department started. You you may have to just start wherever your culture will let you start. And you know what? Any start's better than no start. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, the, the old saying, the best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. Yeah. The second best time to plant a tree is today. Today. Absolutely. Um Let's switch gears uh, for a second. You mentioned the rock again, and um, I want to uh, talk about that. You're chief of the fire academy for the largest fire department in the country. Um, I can tell you, I've I have visited the rock before uh, for not only a tour, but we were uh, doing a, some analysis of Motorola radio systems that you all were working on and uh, for command stuff. So I've been there. I'd love to spend more time there next time I come up. Um, you know. Recognizing that academies are really the bedrock of our organization's training programs, where do you even begin to coordinate the level of training needed and carried out at the Rock for everything you do, not just for this? Uh, wh where do you even begin? Well, so for me, when I was asked to take the position, um, it was an it was an honor and it was a, a no brainer decision, and sure. it's it's because. Um, it's it's really like being the manager of an all-star team or, you know, I'm a Met fan, but, I, you know, the, 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 the saying of it's like you're managing the Yankees resonates better, right? So it's a team. We play to win. We play to win every day. We come out ready to go. Um, and I surround myself with just amazingly talented um, people 
And the key to um, the key to my success, the key to the FDNY success is that um, that training has the right people training the members of of the FDNY. Um, I just have an amazing group of people that that are dedicated. Um, they are world class instructors. Uh, they they could they could teach anywhere. The um, the the experience level that they bring. We don't have too many uh, new firefighters or inexperienced firefighters teaching at the um, at the fire academy. Sure. Uh, and that greatly is uh, that greatly contributes to to our success. Now, evaluating evaluating different training programs that have to that that need to get off the ground, whether it's our annual education day or, or our tactical training instructors. So I visit with my my tactical trainers, the salt of the earth people. Uh, we have units coming out and they, they, they do live burns and different things um, uh, two to three times a day. Just that. Uh, and, and all of our units that uh, uh, that work out of the fire academy do that. I mean, we have five burn buildings at the at the fire academy, uh, in addition to um, a ship, a plane, a subway extrication uh, area as well. I mean, so that we always have um, several hundred people operating at the at the fire academy. We currently have a very large uh, probing class of over 300 members um, at the fire academy as well. So it's a, a very busy place, but um, it, it all is enabled and it all starts by making sure that that you recruit and retain and take care of um, your instructors because they will certainly take care of you if you have the if you have the right ones. Um, you could do anything and, and really size, um, you know, size of the fire department um, shouldn't shouldn't matter so much. Um, the, the fact, you know, people say you're so big. How do you how does the fire department get anything done because you're so big? The size of the fire department should not be an excuse um, to not train because the, the bottom line is um, you need to if if someone said and, and training is an easy target to cut the budget, you could cut the budget of training and you could get away with that in year one maybe in year two, but somewhere along the line, you're going to, you're going to pay that back with dividends. And, and that happens in civilian injuries and deaths and firefighter injuries and deaths. So the uniform must always be um, articulating and finding reasons and being the cheerleader to continue to train and to fund training and to make sure that nothing interrupts training um, because it, it's, it's so vitally important to the success of any organization. If, Every single thing can be directly back, directly related back to training. The, the firefighter that, that goes through, uh, goes past the room of, of fire, isolates the room and makes two, uh, uh, two grabs. When he comes out, he's going to say that training is, is where this made this happen. The next life-saving rope evolution that we do successfully in New York City, that firefighter, when he's, when he's interviewed five minutes after it, he's going to immediately point to his training. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, next time I make it up there, um, uh, I will be looking uh, at the rock completely different from a perspective of admiring the decorations on the wall. Uh, so I, I look forward to coming back. Frank, you also serve on uh, Long Island, and we were talking before and, and confirming what I believe was still the case that Long Island is. Uh, the most densely populated area in the United States that still has uh, essentially an all-volunteer force. Can you talk about serving in both capacities and the contrast of uh, those smaller departments on Long Island, uh, as, you know, of course, as opposed to FDNY, and how do you balance the mindsets between 
big department, small department uh, firefighting because there is a difference. Yeah, so there is a difference. And um, so the, the, the biggest difference um, is the size. The second biggest difference is that um, one's, one's a career service and one's volunteer. But the similarity for the people that I volunteer with and the people that I work with is they're all professional firefighters. Um, mm -hmm. Just one draws a paycheck and one doesn't. So we already talked about that, this, the, you know, the size, big or small, shouldn't shouldn't hinder or help, right? It, you, you're, right. Out, you're out of way to do it. Um, but there are major differences in when you talk about contamination reduction and the different things like that. When a firefighter who drove his personal car to the firehouse and may not have clothing there. So, you know, smaller firehouses, volunteer firehouses, you know, members should be encouraged to keep clothing at the firehouse. Firehouses need to have washers and dryers to make sure that they can that the members could clean their their clothing. They shouldn't be getting back in their car with their filthy clothing. Um, of, co of course, it doesn't matter where you are, you should be compliant with the gear washing and, you know, laundering standards. Um, you know, so all of those type of things. But um, and those are just the simple steps that you got to do it and just make sure that the educational component is is the same because career and volunteer, the educational component uh, is still the, the number one overriding factor to how we can uh, best eat this elephant. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, it is a, an elephant indeed. And we got to take one bite at a time. Chief, do you have anything else to add? So the, the last thing that I would add, and, and again, just I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and really talk about um, an issue that is important. Um, it's very important to me. It's very important to the fire service. I've I've lost way too many um, of my friends to this and we need to do better. And um, I think that we are uh, we are only seeing the tip of the iceberg. I think especially in the volunteer service, um, cancers are underreported. And we're at a moment in time where the research is clear. Uh, what we need to do is clear. And the department needs to be doing all they can to best protect their membership. And otherwise, if we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg, that means 90% of the cancers are still to be realized. And the choice is ours. We can navigate around this iceberg, which many departments are doing, or we can head straight for this iceberg. And, it, and that would be a disastrous consequence where we would see these unrealized cancers come to fruition. As I'm saying, we have the potential to do. So um, take heed, start doing this, um, be the champion, be the champion for your, for your shift, for your tour, for your department, for your station, whatever it is, wherever you fit into that, to that where you could be, be the champion. You could influence up and down the chain of command. And that's, that's probably the, the, the biggest message that I can say, be the champion. Well, Chief, I appreciate it. And we're going to um, real quick capture a couple takeaways that I wanted to uh, reiterate with our, our uh, listeners here. And uh, we talked uh, about uh, Chief Lieb's uh, article on uh, Fire Rescue One, and, and again, that is in our show notes, so you can take a look at that. And the entire series we had going on in the special coverage series of uh, the Dirty Helmet Syndrome. But uh, Frank talked about the uh, sound practices have sound reasoning. 
Um, we talked about some of the ways that FDNY is marketing the message and everything from the way the hallways are decorated uh, to the messages that go out on social media, uh, you name it, the marketing is important. Show what looks right. Uh, that message uh, should resonate for all of us. You know, we we talk about uh, firefighters having good moral focus and um, good mental stability. And, you know, that's everything from uh, talking about drunk driving and all the different things that go along with those things. We don't market ourselves by showing firefighters driving drunk. Um, why are we marketing our firefighters by showing them with soot-filled helmets and soot-filled faces? So show what right looks like is an important uh, takeaway. Clean is the new salty, another important takeaway. Uh, we talked uh, about how the stickers in the FDNY and on the lockers are always in the firefighter's face. So they're always a message that they're seeing. Those are something simple that any department could do, large or small. And we talked about uh, Chief Leap's service on both uh, Long Island and in FDNY. And I asked him about uh, the differences between it and what resonated the most with me in that discussion was he really said what the biggest similarity was and that was that uh, while one earned a paycheck and one did not the biggest similarity was they were all professional uh, and that goes miles for the folks that are serving with you chief and i appreciate that um, the last couple things that uh, he talked about was uh, navigating around the iceberg uh, which is what most departments are trying to do or uh, heading straight for the iceberg and I think uh, all we need to do is look at the Titanic to understand uh, where we could be headed if that were the case. And then finally, be the champion. Be the champion for the message. Be the champion for your department. Chief Lieb, I appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Uh, Frank, will talk again later on. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Uh, we have been talking with uh, Chief Frank Lieb, Deputy Assistant Chief for the FDNY. Thanks for joining us, Chief, and thanks to our listeners for listening in. We'll talk to you next time here on Side Alpha Podcast. Have a great day on purpose. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.